welcome back to Iris Manners, brought to you by Coloproperty.com. Today I am here with Acacia. Acacia has been working on our bridge conversion project, and we are here to have a chat about how it affects realtors and other people in the industry. Acacia, welcome to the show, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Annie. It's a pleasure. Yeah, it is great to have you. And I know you've been working on this project for months now. And before we jump into the conversation about the uh, NAR policies that have created this and what you have been implementing, let's go over a few key words. So some of the things we're going to be talking about as we have this discussion are going to be bridge, IDX, web API, resell. Can you give us a definition of what each of those things are that we're going to be discussing? Yeah, absolutely. IDX is stands for Internet Data Exchange. So that's basically how we're providing the data from the MLS to a website. So IDX would be the search feature when you go on a broker or an agent's website and you can search their properties. That customized search, that's called IDX. Web API, that is the more modern mechanism in which we deliver that data. We formerly would use RETS, which stood for Real Estate Transaction Standards, but that's become very outdated. So we're moving everything over to Web API just as the delivery mechanism. Another word you'll hear a lot is RESO. And what RESO stands for is Real Estate Standards Organization. And they're a nonprofit organization that writes all of this data in a common language so that everyone that consumes it can be familiar with what it means. Acacia, can you give our listeners some background on the NAR policies, the ones that led to the changes that you've been working on with the bridge conversion project? Absolutely. Um, so in 2022, there were some new policies implemented, one of which required for there to be a timeline. By July, we had to have a written timeline for our bridge conversion plan. And we were already working on it and we already wanted to have a deadline at the end of the year. So that just gave us the motivation to not only write out the timeline, but to set a deadline for this year also. So our current deadline is September 30th of 2022. So all our vendors have been notified of the Q3 requirement of that change. Some other things that came out of those policy updates were a broker back office feed, which just now needed to be more robust. So that kind of was a motivating factor for some of our changes and also a one data feed. So now vendors will have the option of just having one data feed instead of multiple for different uses. And all of these things just made sense to group together and use it as part of our, our conversion timeline and get everything moved over to Web API sooner. And one more time, what exactly is Bridge API? Oh, yes. Um, so Bridge Interactive is the platform that we use for Web API. So Bridge is the company, the program Bridge Interactive. It, not only provides the web API access to any of our data consumers, it also is our platform for agreement management. So all of the agreements can be done electronically now and they will all be housed in that system. It makes it easy for brokers, agents, because they're able just to sign in right through their IRIS's account. And then we receive those agreements electronically as well as the vendors. So we all have one shared platform that we can access that. So this is, this is basically an upgrade is what it sounds like. Absolutely, yes, on, on many levels. 
What was the data source before RETS and why why the change? Uh, well, we previously were on RETS and now it's Web API. RETS is just an outdated way of delivering the data. The main benefit that you're going to get from Web API over RETS, not only the delivery mechanism, but it's now going to be in RISO data dictionary language. And what that does is that allows all of the consumers of the data to have a common language that they're consuming it in. Because as a vendor, you may be receiving data from several hundred MLSs. And if a field is named one thing in one and one thing in another, and you've, you've got essentially a couple hundred different names for the same field, that can be very hard for them to consume and translate. So the Rezo language just puts it in a common language and it helps everybody that's involved to understand what exactly that data is. What constitutes a vendor exactly? Who, who are those parties? Yeah, so a vendor would be a third party that comes to IRIS wanting to obtain access to our data for the benefit of one of our subscribers. So if there's a broker or an agent that maybe wants a back office product, something that works with their CRM, transaction management, if they want, you know, IDX, like we talked about, VOW website, any of those things, they'll need someone who actually offers that product already or is building out their website, someone to consume the data and then make the magic work so that it actually is interacting with those programs or their website. So the vendor would be essentially the company that's coming to us and establishing the relationship and doing all that magic for them. Perfect. And I think that's great for realtors to know, you know, you're building out your website, you're, you're, you want access to this data to, to bring it to your customers, your clients, and the vendor's a key piece in that, as well as Iris. Thank you. Uh, how has access to that back office data changed and what does that mean for realtors? Now it's much more robust. So with the 2022 policy changes, basically a broker back office feed has to provide what you would see in the MLS as a subscriber, except for anything that would be confidential to just you. So if there's any field that you're seeing only on your listing, but you wouldn't see as a, another subscriber accessing someone else's listing, that wouldn't be provided but basically everything else you see in the MLS is now required to be included in that broker back office feed. We also have participant data access feeds. And what that does is that would allow any broker to get access just to their own office's data through Bridge. And that's something they don't have to have a, a vendor for. We can give that access right to them. And then if they want, they're able to pass that along to a vendor. So when you hear back office, sometimes it'll be referring to the broker back office where they'd be utilizing all the MLS data. And then sometimes it would be the participant data access where it would really just be that office's data. So Acacia, this is this is a pretty big project. Who all is going to be affected by this? Well, this will impact obviously us at the MLS. It'll impact all of our vendors, data consumers, and it will also impact brokers and agents. Now for brokers and agents, the impact they'll see is just how those agreements are handled. So they'll have the single sign-on that's already available through IRISes, and that's how they will initiate an agreement with a vendor. Once they do that, then the vendor will go ahead and approve it. Then it will come over to IRIS for us to approve. And then the biggest impact is going to be on the vendors, any data consumer 
because they're going to have to switch. If they were on REDS before, they'll be switching over to API. Otherwise, there are some vendors that started out on API. We actually were only setting vendors up starting in 2020 on API. So there are some people that they won't have to do a transition. They're already there. As far as listeners, and a lot of our listeners are Realtors, what do they need to do? What, how does this apply to them? And are there any important dates that they need to be aware of? The important date has already occurred, actually. We switched from the emailed PDF forms that we used to use for processing requests. Those we stopped on February 1st of this year. So they'll already be utilizing the new bridge system to complete those agreements electronically. If someone hasn't done that yet, then they'll just need to know that the process looks a little different and they'll be going into that bridge access through IRISes to initiate those agreements. Also for brokers, if you have any agents who are submitting requests, you'll then get an email letting you know that they have done that through bridge and then the broker will actually need to go in and just approve that through the bridge account. One thing to note as an agent, if you're going in and you're not able to gain access, it could be because your broker has not yet gone into bridge. They just have to do an initial agreement. So they basically have to log in and agree to the terms and conditions. But once that happens, then anyone in the office can initiate one of those agreements through there. All right, that is great information. And Acacia, a final question before we wrap up. You've been working really closely with all of these changes and particularly this, this conversion project. What do you think that this means for the industry and what is it pointing towards? Moving to the RISO data dictionary language is the biggest win, I think, for this whole project. And just having an organization that advocates for everyone involved. So they're making sure that vendors, MLSs, brokers, agents, everyone that consumes the data, reviews the data, inputs the data, that everyone's best interest is in mind. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that. They have work groups. They work very hard on just streamlining processes, putting standards into place just for the delivery of this real estate data. And I think we're going to continue to see more of that. And I just think it's going to be beneficial for everyone. Well, wonderful. And thank you so much for joining us today on Iris Matters. Once again, this podcast is brought to you by Coloproperty.com. Mm-hmm.